Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you're listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. I'm very happy to have a close friend today, Mrs. Tracy Pittman from Sedona, Arizona. Hi, Tracy. How's it going? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, we actually had a quite a long pre-interview talk, but it was just more of our normal back and forth. So yeah, yeah, it was fabulous. I feel ready and raring to go with you. Um, I normally ask three questions of all my guests and you can choose how to answer them however you want, but just so they get a relative idea since they can't see anything about you. Um, how old are you? Where did you grow up and what generation do you think you belong to? Wow. How old am I? So, you know, you're not ever supposed to ask a woman how old she is. Oh, of course not. Just kidding. Um, I will actually be 55 on the 14th. So I'm officially a senior citizen on uh, June 14th. I'm super happy about it. Yeah, right. So um, I got all caught up in how old I am. So what was the second question? Uh, Where did you grow up? Where are you from? Okay. I grew up in Michigan, moved here in 1990. Yeah, I mean, you're actually recently relocated in Sedona. You're really uh, a Phoenix, yeah, a Phoenician. Yeah, I was in the Valley for 20 years and then went back to Michigan for five and then came um, up to Sedona. It will be, it was two years in May, actually. So, yeah, and then the last question, which is kind of a weird one, is what generation, if any, do you feel like you belong to? Well, you know what? It, it Crazy enough, we were just talking about this in the car the other day and, you know, Googling the whole gen everyone, gen you, gen you. And... um I feel really deep within me that I relate to every generation on some level. I don't really identify with one, but I've always been like that since I was little. It was like, I could just relate to every generation on some form. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes so much sense, especially knowing you as well as I do. And actually, um, since I totally know, not inside and out, but I know very well uh, some of your story, so to speak, I, I think you, what you just said was the perfect segue, which is you said from an early childhood. I was hoping we could start with your earliest memories of anything that our listening audience would consider like paranormal or strange or just kind of like out there. Got it. Well, so um, I am also a medium on top of my other bag of tricks that I have. And um, if you want to go with the whole paranormal and that scenario, um, Actually, real quick, before you jump into this, uh, what, how do you define what a medium is? You know, I never really thought about it. And then I was like, okay, well, why do they call it a medium? You know? And I'm like, well, my thought on it is because I ride that medium realm between this and the other side. And um, so... I'm, I'm the medium bridge that my, my, my life's purpose is to bridge people to the other side. You know, it's like, and it's not just the other side as in where our deceased loved ones exist. It is, um, I, I bridge you from one scenario to the next. I show you the other sides of things. And obviously I take you from this side of the bridge to the other, uh, to help you connect to them. So, when I refer to the medium, you know, or they say medium, I believe it's that where I can 
communicate in both areas, both sides. Does that make sense? Yes, it, it makes sense to me. I think it's going to make sense to some and not all of our audience, but my goal is that in the next 25 minutes or so, it'll at least make more sense to anyone. Um, I don't care about skeptics or otherwise. I just care about letting people talk. Um, and also, you want, you're one of my favorite people to talk about this because uh, I asked you specifically on this podcast not to swear because of Apple and other uh, areas, but you're not like your uh, run-of-the-mill uh, medium. Like, you're not the run-of-the-mill, like... Uh, I don't know. You're fun. You got a lot of tattoos. You're, uh, you're interesting. You're provocative. You're like, uh, you're just a very fun person. And yet you have these, uh, I would call them abilities and, and this life story that to me is, is absolutely intense and fascinating. And I think, um, on a podcast about exploring the meaning of death and life, you, you work with both all the time. So let's start. There's two main stories I really want you to tell. And if there's others that come up, uh, Great, great, great. We got plenty of time. But let's start with the early ones about your grandparents. Yeah. So my very first experience, I was about three years old. And I'm pretty sure it was three, maybe four. Um, my grandfather had passed. And crazy enough, like the human part of me, you know, really remembers the day it happened. Because I remember seeing my dad sitting at this table. And he, it was the first time I had ever seen him cry. And he was just in, in so much sadness. And I just remember there sitting there as this super young child looking up and not really understanding what had happened, but understanding at the same time. And um, I remember getting up from the table and walking in the other room and seeing my grandfather standing there. And at first, I was like, well, wait a minute. Didn't they just tell me that he had passed? But yet, there he was. And I just remember him telling me, I'm okay. And I was like, what is happening right now? He's I mean, he really wasn't there, but he was. And I'm not a seeing when it comes to um, the other side. It's not that I can't see them. I do see what they look like and all of that, but I feel them, okay? So what happens is it's an internal feeling inside me that lets me know that they're presence, and then I, you know, it just kind of morphs into seeing and hearing and feeling, you know, all of it. And um, crazy enough, that is the very first and last time that I have ever first seen the other side. Does that make sense? I'm like... Uh, now I feel them first and then the visual of them and their, their audio comes in and all of that. But I don't know. I kind of relate it to that fear that we all have because every one of us has experienced the other side in one way or another, whether we blocked it out or, you know, if it's a song that they come to us in or, you know, a, a, a penny on the ground and you're like, oh, my God, my grandma loved pennies. And then you disregard it, whatever. I have a feeling that that um, is what what put the fear in me, which we all experience at the, the first few times we experience the other side. So now I associate into the real um, the real way it works for me, which is feeling. Okay, I have three questions I need to ask, and I don't know what order to ask them in. So I'm going to do one at a time because my uh, producer Alana has told me that's the best way. So my first question is. 
did you come here from the other side and, and me as well and all humans? Do we come here from the other side? Yes. Okay. If we come from there, why are we scared of it the first couple times we experience it here? Well, because humanity kicks in, right? I mean, you know, if you think about it, we're born these beautiful little creatures and these beautiful little souls and we've come across and we still speak the language of the other side and, you know, we still are just pure and innocent. And and the way I look at it is, you know, like the metaphor of look at a puppy. Puppies come in and what? They smell amazing, right? Babies come in and we smell amazing. And we are just these great, pure, innocent, vulnerable, you know, all knowing, all loving, all everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, the next thing you know, we start eating human food and we start having human experiences. That puppy starts eating, you know, real food instead of breast milk. And the next thing you know, it's like that good puppy smell goes away. The baby smell goes away. We start stinking like, you know, the dirty word I'm not allowed to say. And, you know, it's like all of a sudden we're engulfed in humanity. And then, you know, here we are and we start believing the human way of being over our spiritual way of being. And the next thing you know, when the spirit starts to show up, it scares the living, you know, stink out of us. And when especially the other side appears for us, we're scared because we've learned to put that away. And humanity is very strong. We are human, right? I mean, let's face it. We are human and we forget that we're both. We are spiritual beings. And the way I love to look at it, and I don't remember whose quote it is, but I love the fact that we, you know, have to look at, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. But what happens is we end up being human and we forget about the spirit. And then we get scared when it comes because we're like, whoa, wait a minute. It kind of jolts us back into that, right? Where we're like, oh gosh, that's old. And so that's actually... That's perfect. That's the segue into my third and final question of these three questions I announced. And the third question would be, okay, so if we're from the other side and then we come here and then you explained why we're afraid of the other side, let's just get down to the whole point of this podcast. What happens in your opinion when we die? Wow. Okay. So I believe, you know, we all have our own belief and I am not here to try and change anyone's belief. Um, but I personally believe that when we die, all we are doing is shedding that scuba suit that we're wearing, this human body. This is our scuba suit. This is the suit that overlays our spirit. And I believe that we, all we are doing is leaving that body behind and our consciousness continues to live on. I connect to that consciousness of that soul, of that spirit. I'm, I'm not connecting to them as a human any longer. You know, like we can't talk, we, 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 but we can, we, we can't feel each other, but we can, it's all just different now. Okay. So I I really appreciate what you just said, but it's a, it's a little confusing for me. So my wording of what you said, like if I were to like say to someone else, oh, I think this is what Tracy was saying is I would say, 
you can communicate with the dead and while you are communicating with them technically it's not like as literal as us as people would fantasize or want it to be like so it's not like you just call up abraham lincoln on the medium phone and you're like hey abe tell me about your policy in 1862 when blah 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 is that right 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 okay but but then let's keep abe lincoln just because it's a fun fake subject if someone asked you to communicate communicate with abe could you try to well i mean i can try and communicate with anyone right okay good let's get into that yeah yeah so just like i can try and communicate with the guys next door who are stuccoing the house okay so our house next door is being stuccoed right now so they speak spanish i do not so my communication with them first and foremost they have to be willing to communicate with me right you know, I mean, I can walk over there all day long and start talking to them and they could ignore me if they want to. And and or they could try to communicate with me. But we have to we have to get past that communication barrier. OK, so first, Abe Lincoln has to be willing to connect to me. Pretty sure he's not going to. And the reason I say that is because the work that I do isn't just picking up the phone and calling whoever the H-E double toothpicks I want to call. It's communicating with people who want to be, well, souls, spirits, that want to be communicated with for a certain reason. You know, like, I mean, my husband's favorite person is Michael Jackson. I mean, you know, what a gift that would be for me to communicate with Michael Jackson for him, but I'm not, it's not going to happen. Michael Jackson isn't just going to communicate with me because my husband wants to talk to him. So, you know, it's like, first and foremost, there has to be a willingness and a, and a reason. So there's no reason for me and Abraham Lincoln to connect. Unless, now, now there's an unless. Unless, let's say one of Abraham Lincoln's family decides to come to me. And they're like, listen, there are some unanswered questions that I have. And I had some unresolved issues with Abe. And I would really like to resolve them. Could we attempt to do that? Then, because there's willingness on this side from someone that is related, and I don't mean, you know, like you don't have to be related. You could relate to them in some way, shape, or form when they were living, um, which is pretty hard because all of his relatives and friends are dead. But the truth is, I have a better capability of doing that. So that's how my, you know, like my sessions are done that way. You know, people come to me and I don't know them from Adam. And I don't know their deceased loved one either. But because they want to open up a communication with them, we're very, the, the channel opens up and the chances are much better. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I'm, um just trying to think of like how you could submit more anecdotal evidence that would compel people who aren't interested in this to relate to it. Because I think what you started with was very, very helpful for the average person who's a complete and utter atheist, let's say, which is you said, look, like the coin on the ground or like, you know, I remember my aunt after her husband passed, she said, his favorite flower, there were three of them suddenly in the yard, like the next day, and there were no other flowers in the yard, and it wasn't even spring. And like, yeah, yeah. I mean, my grandparents come back as cardinals. You know, my dad actually said to my grandmother, you know, 
promise me you'll visit me as a cardinal. My grandma loved birds. It was her thing. So he immediately established that connection before she left. And so do you have any like theory as to why the spirits that you are able to connect with are wanting to connect with us? Like, is there an overall game to this? Is there like a, a point? Yeah, typically, you know, um, there's, there's different scenarios for everyone, Mike, to be really honest with you, it just depends. So there are, there's scenarios where, you know, there's accountability that needs to be had either from the person that's still living or the person that's passed. And they'll come back to connect and to be accountable or you need to be accountable with them. And they feel that, and they're willing to be open to clearing it. Then there are times that it's just like, they know so deep down inside that you need reassurance that they're okay. So they'll start throwing out things that are like, okay, well, here's a scenario or here's this, or here's this so that there's, you know, cause some people really need proof. You know, so they may go, okay, well, you know, um, I see they might come in and go, well, remember the, the old 69 blue Ford that we had, you know, and then it's like, wow, right then and there, they're like, how would you know that you don't even know me? I live on the other side of the country. You, we have never met. And you knew about my grandfather's blue Ford, you know, like, and then it opens up the door because I promise you, if they're trying to connect to you there, they will show me ways they've been showing you that they've been trying to connect with you. That's really, really powerful. And that definitely more than answered my side of the question. Again, I'm not here to like, it's not a skeptic podcast. This is just a podcast that, so I, I've asked enough questions that I think I got what I wanted out of that. Well, and, and Mike, there are skeptics. I mean, and that's okay. And there are different belief systems. You know, I mean, there are many religions that don't believe and, and that's okay. So what, um, what other tools, what other like tools of death, uh, do you have? And could you get into those at all? Tools of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is also another thing that might take people right off and, you know, I'm shutting this podcast down right now, but um, I also come from a long line of witches. And um, if anyone out there knows about witches, they know that there are different forms of witches, okay? Um, there's your garden witch, you know, there's your just, you know, magic witch. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. And um, first and foremost, I want everyone to know they are not evil. We are not evil people. And we don't, you know, practice black magic. Am I saying there are people out there, all of them don't? No, that's not the truth. Because we all know that there's dark and evil, you know, and we all know there's love and light, right? So there's two sides to everything. Um, but so my part is I, I can, I, um, I consider myself a hedge witch and I work with other witches that are um, out there to help people. We move them forward. So when I refer to a hedge witch, I mean, as in I ride the hedge and the hedge is again, that area, that medium area between this realm and the next. So um, I identify as that, um, as it, when it comes to uh, other death tools, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure 
um, you know, I mean, I, I have other modalities of things that I do. And most often when I'm doing those, um, there is typically a spirit that comes in to try and help. So um, I work with old family curses and um, a lot of times those will come up you know, things that have happened in the family that just are um, repeating themselves patterns over and over and over again. And a lot of times the um, other side will come in and be like, listen, you know, it, 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 I died in this pattern and um, I, I see you heading down that same path. And then we, we work together to help them get out of that. That's incredible. That's really cool. Cause that's like practical to me at least. Um... Because I, I know uh, we both know Lynn Bunch in the Center for Intuitive Education and her philosophy on yeah negative ancestral patterns. Yes, absolutely. Exactly, which is like uh, something you can sell to people who do and do not believe in other lives and all that. Because you can just say, yeah, like alcoholism is a family trait. Your grandfather had it. You have it. And so this is that concept. Um, and so these spirits, what you're saying is a lot of times they're just here to try to help the legacy of what they don't want to be a legacy. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also do um, um, past life work because in my work, um, there are things that also come from past lives that we've lived that spill over into this life. And let's explain, I would like you to explain um, because I hear many different versions of past lives and you hear like, you know, karma is a bitch, like a blah, blah, blah. And you, a lot of people say like, I was Cleopatra. So, so can you explain to me, like, uh, the one question I'm dying to know your answer to is how does time relate to reincarnation? Because there's like, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Like, it seems like you're currently living here, but then there's also like another life somewhere else and you're currently living it. Is that false or? Well, for me and what I've experienced, I don't believe that you can simultaneously live lives. Um, I, I'm from everything that I've experienced, there has to be a significant amount of time. And I don't mean like five years, but I'm not saying that five years is not also a time frame. What I'm finding is it's, it's, it's much longer, let's say 50 plus. Um, but I have run into clients that I have worked with that they either have someone in their family or they know of someone that has that short time frame has transpired. And to, for what I've experienced, it's how much. So this this could go on for a really long time, but I'm trying to break this down. So um, there is in that time frame the amount of work that your soul has done between lives, I believe has everything to do with the amount of time. Okay, that's great. And let's freeze on that because it kind of segues back to what I was trying to ask about earlier, which is I said, is there like a game? Is there like a purpose to all this? And you gave a good answer. You didn't deflect it. But does that have to do with that same question I asked? Like that there, you're doing something on the other side between lives. 
I mean, l- let me start over. You said we come from the other side and then we're here. Which side is more real is like a weird question I want to ask you. Ooh, for me, they both feel the same. So um, obviously we're in this life, right? Like this is real. Like I can walk up and touch the wall. I can touch the window. I can pull leaves off that plant outside. I can pet my dog. Like there's all those human physical aspects of that. But the other side feels as real to me because those are all conscious things, right? Like I consciously walked up and did those things or I consciously, you know, whatever I'm doing in my life. Um, and we, and don't get me wrong. We do things unconsciously too. Um, but it feels the same to me over there as it does here. Things are different for sure. Like we don't have any of the human emotions and those things on the other side, but nonetheless, we still have consciousness. So when we die, we still have consciousness. Mm -hmm. We go through a process over there that is, I'm not even going to ask if it's similar or not. It makes no difference to me, but whatever we're doing there, we're doing it. And then if someone here is trying to contact us and it's relevant, we'll be able to communicate backwards. Or if we want to contact, we can try our best to do that. Absolutely. Everyone has the ability to do that, Mike. We all do. I mean, we really do. Yes, are some of us born to do it as a, as a daily, as a job, as a purpose, as a tool, as helping. But we all have the capability. And if every one of you out there was to stop and really look, you could see where someone that you have known has passed on the other side and has tried to communicate with you. Well, that's about as profound as it's going to get. So I'm actually going to stop the interview process at that because that's, I love to end on a powerful note like that. However, as promised, and also because I want you to be able to help people and I want them to be able to seek your help. Would you mind uh, just really quick giving a breakdown on what you do for a living and how people can contact you? Yeah. So um, obviously from the conversation, I'm a medium. I also am an NLP life coach, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And I work with a lot of clients in that way. Um, One of the things that I do is a little um, different. Um, I also throw, and I I should say blanket or complete every um, one of my sessions that I do that with, it's it's done through my intuition. Um, That is just like the certificate part for me. So let's just say that's the human part. It It got me my certification you know, and I am certified as an NLP life coach. Um, I also do timeline coaching and, um, that is an amazing process, um, that I also use my intuition with that. And, um, I also do what I, um, it's kind of a loose term with me right now, but it basically boils down to, I do spiritual mentoring with people. I help them find their connection you know i mean it's in and they've already got it most of the time i just direct them back to it well i more than agree with you i've definitely worked with you for years now and you've helped me a ton and i have a great personal friendship with you but i also have seen your professional side it's also 
absolutely legit and commendable. But in addition to that, I really want to thank you for helping us to put another nail in the coffin. This is Mike Oppenheim, and yet again, you've been listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, and we will see you soon. Walking alone. Walking alone.